Welcome to another edition of Focus on the Kingdom. This is Anthony Buzzard inviting you again to search the Scriptures with us as we continue with our investigation of Jesus' famous and favorite topic, the Gospel about the Kingdom of God. We've been pointing out that Christianity is summed up in a phrase which Jesus made memorable by speaking of it constantly in his mission and ministry. That phrase is the kingdom of God. Every scholar knows, and indeed every Bible reader can find out for himself, that the kingdom was the heart and center of everything that Jesus preached about. The gospel of the kingdom was the driving force behind Jesus' ministry. In Luke 4, verse 43, Jesus said, I came to preach the gospel of the kingdom of God. That's the reason for which God commissioned me. And so that's the reason that we are Christians. We are to be bearers of the same gospel of the kingdom as Jesus brought to Israel some 2,000 years ago. That is the gospel. It's the gospel as it fell from the lips of Jesus Christ himself. Now, we've been pointing out that the facts about the death and resurrection of Jesus were added to that foundational gospel of the kingdom. So that in the book of Acts, the formula for the preaching of the gospel is given us in a marvelously simple encapsulation. In Acts 8, verse 12, we read that when they believed Philip, as he preached to them the gospel concerning the kingdom of God and the things about the name of Jesus Christ, they were ready to be baptized, both men and women. There we have a beautiful early creedal statement of what it means to be a Christian. A Christian is one who has accepted the gospel as it came from the lips of Jesus Christ, namely the gospel about the kingdom of God. And in addition, of course, a Christian is one who recognizes that Jesus died to cover with his blood our sins and to reconcile us to God. But belief in the death and resurrection of Jesus Christ is only part of the gospel. The other half of the gospel, the foundation and the initial part of the gospel, is, of course, the fact that Jesus Christ is the king of the coming kingdom. He's coming back to rule on this earth. That's why he exhorted his followers always to pray, Thy kingdom come. That's why he said in the famous Beatitudes, Blessed are the meek, they are going to inherit the earth. And that, of course, is the promise of the future kingdom. The kingdom of God is simply the same as the land or the earth renewed in the future when Christ comes through the clouds to take up his position as appointed king of the house of David and to rule in Jerusalem as all the prophets of the Hebrew Bible foresaw. Now that is messianism, Christianity in its purest form. Our biblical documents are shot through and through with the messianic idea. The very fact that Jesus came into Galilee claiming to be the bearer of the gospel of the kingdom and the fact that he later claimed to be the Messiah of Israel means at once that he was making the stupendous claim to be the ruler of the world a political as well as a spiritual figure, one who is going to dominate the earth and produce the very peace and harmony amongst nations for which we have sought in vain these many millennia. Jesus Christ is your personal hope. He's the hope also of the world. And how are those two aspects of hope related? Jesus Christ recruits you, invites you to take part in the messianic government to be established when he returns to this earth in power and glory. Constantly, Jesus said, Fear not, little flock, it's your Father's good pleasure to give you the kingdom. 
to give you kingship, to give you positions as co-rulers, as servant rulers indeed, in the messianic kingdom due to arrive with Jesus at his second coming. It's an interesting fact, but if you will ask your friends to define the gospel, the Christian gospel, the Christian saving message, you may be surprised that they will completely omit any mention of the kingdom of God. It's our purpose in this series of programs to alert you to the fact that the kingdom of God gospel is in fact the gospel as Jesus preached it, and therefore it has the highest possible claim to be the gospel of salvation to which we're all bound to pay attention. Jesus gave a label to his saving message. He called it the gospel concerning the kingdom of God. What then is the gospel? It's a gospel about a coming kingdom. We're praying thy kingdom come. We're asking God to send Jesus Christ back to this earth to establish his kingdom on this earth. And he's inviting you, of whatever race or color or creed you may be, he's inviting you to believe in that divine program, to become part of it by being baptized, by repenting, by changing your mind, and giving yourselves then to the program which involves preparation for your position in that kingdom as a co-ruler, as a co-regent with Jesus Christ. That's the purpose of Christianity. Jesus is a kind of recruiter, a royal recruiter, if you like, asking people to become involved in his program, in his spiritual political program. It's not a program that has only to do with distant abstract things far removed from this earth in some super-celestial realm. No, Jesus was a Jew, a Hebrew, believing in what the prophets had constantly predicted, namely that one day God would send his agent, the Messiah, to be the ruler of the world, to set up his royal establishment in Jerusalem, to cause Jerusalem to become the new world worship center to which the nations would go for seminars and constant instruction on how to run the affairs of this world. Our present systems have failed. They are dismal failures in terms of their ability to offer to every man and woman and child on the earth a fair and decent life. In many respects, our world governments have failed. No doubt they struggle to do well, but they have failed because they have not acknowledged the God of creation. And so that God of creation has determined in his plan, formulated from the beginning, to send his Messiah, his own Son, back to this earth, to grant to the world then, graciously, a government that is going to work, a world government that will supersede the present nation-states of our world. That kingdom plan is massively outlined on page after page of your Bible, of your Hebrew Bible, that's to say the Old Testament. Unfortunately, we've called it the Old Testament, suggesting to many that it's passé, that it's obsolete, that it's somehow irrelevant to your present life. Nothing could be further from the truth the great Apostle Paul said to Timothy that all Scripture is given by inspiration of God and it is able to give you the wisdom that leads to salvation, that's to say rescue from death. Salvation is the granting of immortality to human persons at the resurrection destined to occur at that glorious moment when Jesus returns to set up his kingdom in Jerusalem. That's the message of the Hebrew Bible and it's amply and fully confirmed, not only by the teaching of Jesus himself, but by the epistles of Paul 
and James and Peter and John and the other New Testament writers. The kingdom of God is the underlying as well as the overarching theme of the entirety of Scripture. From Genesis to Revelation, God has had a plan. He has set his heart on peace eventually coming to this earth. God has had to suffer, so to speak, with the human race as he has watched us tear ourselves apart in wars, as he's seen us causing our own destruction, as we've brought upon ourselves various diseases, as we've poisoned the food chain, as we've poisoned the air, as we've poisoned ourselves spiritually by taking in a whole lot of pagan philosophy and calling it Christianity. Christianity went astray early in the second century when Gentiles who had been trained as philosophers confused the Hebrew faith of the Bible with their alien philosophies drawn from the work of Plato, for example. There was an upsurge of Neoplatonism in those early centuries and many of the so-called church fathers were steeped in Platonic thinking and were unable to give it up as they tried to combine the faith of the Bible with Greek philosophy. That's a mixture that will not work. Many have not realized, although this is readily available in scholarly works, that we have inherited from those early centuries a curious mixture of Greek philosophy and the pure truth of the Bible. What, for example, do you make of the notion of souls going to heaven when they die? Is that a biblical notion, or does it come from the world of Greek philosophy? No passage in Scripture says that your immortal soul escapes the body at death, and yet many have imagined for too long that that's a biblical teaching. Listen to the words of Daniel in Daniel 12, verse 2, as he describes the destiny of those who have died. Daniel said this in Daniel 12, verse 2, Many of those who are sleeping in the dust of the ground will arise, some to the life of the age to come. Do you see there that those who are dead are said to be sleeping in the dust of the ground? That tells you what they're doing, sleeping, and where they're doing it, in the ground. Now, that sort of picture will not fit with the popular notion of souls having gone to heaven and souls reuniting with their body at the resurrection. No, in the resurrection, according to the Bible, people who are dead are said to be awaking from the sleep of death in order to be raised body and soul together and given an immortal body fit for their new existence in the coming kingdom. And so a Christian is one who is appointed to rule in the coming kingdom of God. Jesus is the great preacher of the kingdom of God message, the bearer of the good news about the coming kingdom. That's the gospel. Now, part of that gospel, of course, involves his death and his resurrection his death for our sins to cover and atone for our sins and his resurrection so that he can impart new life to us from his position at the right hand of the Father pending the time when he returns in power and glory to establish the kingdom. But you see, the death and resurrection of Jesus is only a part of the gospel. It's the key, if you like, which unlocks the door to the kingdom. Now, we may have thought we understood the key, but we've ignored the door the door is not entrance into heaven as a disembodied soul. It means entrance into an inheritance of the future kingdom to be established and inaugurated by Jesus on this planet, renewed and refreshed by the presence of Messiah here in Jerusalem in the future. 
That supreme objective of the Christian life is plainly spelled out in Jesus' immortal words, Blessed are the meek, they're going to inherit the earth. You see, I hope, how different that is from our customary popular language about going to heaven. Nowhere did Jesus say, Blessed are the meek, they're going to go to heaven when they die. They're going to go to realms beyond the sky, to a super-celestial dwelling place, far removed from this earth, no such utterance ever proceeded from the mouth of Jesus. Blessed are the meek, he said, they are going to inherit the earth, the kingdom of God on the earth in the future. Heaven, if you like, is going to be on this earth, according to the Bible. Page after page, passage after passage, chapter after chapter in the prophets of Israel, thoroughly confirmed by Jesus in his ministry, state with absolute clarity that the kingdom of God is going to be inaugurated and established on our planet, but only by the return of Jesus to intervene to put an end to present government systems and to replace them with his own divinely instituted government. I've written a book on this issue of the kingdom of God. I'd be happy to send it to you if you will request it from us by phoning us at the telephone number to be given at the end of this program. In that book, I hope to demonstrate from the pages of Scripture that the kingdom about which Jesus spoke so often and so frequently is going to appear one of these days with the return of Jesus, and it's going to function on our planet, much renewed and much changed, following a divine cataclysm by which God will remove evil forcefully and dramatically and once and for all. Please request a copy of this book for your own personal study and join us again as we continue our investigation of Jesus' favorite topic, the gospel about the kingdom of God.